Hello and welcome to another episode of the Cultured Nerd Podcast. This week is going to be Season 2, Episode 34. We're actually going to take a step back into the world of DC because apparently you guys don't like watching us talk about anime for an hour. So we're going to talk about DC some more. Uh, last few days we've had some kind of ups and downs with what's going on with Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman. Um, apparently uh, some people think she's making Wonder Woman 3. One people, Some people think that she's producing it. And some people think that it's going full reboot, but we're going to talk about it all because it's a lot of stuff to unpack. But, you know, let's just get into it and let's talk. going buddy going very well thank you for having me is That's she going. or is she not in is she doing it or is she not doing it so that's actually the big question of the hour and we've got some definitely conflicting and strong evidence to say one way or the other but um do we want to talk about that immediately or do we want to talk about some other stuff first i mean we always do kind of a five to ten minutes of Let's gush about one other random nerd thing we're doing before we talk about business. Well, I want to, I will ask you this. What were, when the restructuring that happened and movies and stuff that were in development that were no longer in development, how did the end of this other Wonder Woman 3 happen? So Wonder Woman, uh, what we understand is that when Patty Jenkins uh, first left Wonder Woman 3, she actually put out like a big um big piece about why she's not doing it anymore and um everything in between and that kind of comes back to um the kind of this ongoing back and forth that was happening back last december right so we understood that james gunn made his big announcement back at the end of january january 31st he did his big here we go let's talk about it and then he did his big his big spiel nothing in his slate was mentioned about Wonder Woman, except for the Paradise Lost Amazonian prequel show. So everyone kind of assumed, okay, Wonder Woman's going to be a big character, but he's not talking Wonder Woman yet, but he is rebooting her backstory. So there's that. Patty Jenkins actually left Wonder Woman 3 about six weeks prior, middle of December, before Christmas. There was reports that there was this back and forth between her and the studio, uh, someone said that she walked off stage. Someone said that she sent these passive-aggressive letters saying that's how directors work and so on and so forth. She plainly denied quitting. She denied walking away. She basically just said that um, in this long piece on her Twitter account. Um, let me see if I can just pull up the statement because it's easier just to show it than to just... There we go. All right. So in her big spiel on December 13th, she presented fans with the following... <clears throat> Let's just put it up on the screen for her. So, Sai, I'm not one to talk about private career matters, but I will not allow inaccuracies to continue. Here are the facts. I originally left Rogue Squadron after a long and productive development process when it became clear that it couldn't happen soon enough and I didn't want to delay Wonder Woman 3 any further. When I did, Lucasfilm asked me to consider coming back to uh, Rogue Squadron after Wonder Woman 3, which I was honored to do, so I agreed. 
They made a new film deal with me. In fact, I'm still on it, and the project has been in active development ever since. I don't know if it will happen or not. We never do until the development process is complete, but I look forward to its potential ahead. It's not happening, correct? It. We don't know yet. It's still in limbo because it's been eight months since the statement and writer's oh, strike. Right, and now we're in writer's strike. Writer's strike and. Uh, Bob Iger has said that he's already scaling back Marvel and Star Wars because of oversaturation. So we'll see if this does happen or not. Um, when then, uh, when there started being backlash about Wonder Woman 3 not happening, attractive clickbait false story that it was me that killed it or walked away started to spread. This is simply not true. I never walked away. I was open to considering anything asked of me, and it was my understanding that nothing I could do to move anything forward at this time. DC is obviously buried in changes they are having to make, so I understand those decisions are difficult right now. I do not want uh, what has been a beautiful journey with one woman to land on a negative note. I loved and been so honored to be the person who got to make these last two Wonder Woman films. She's an incredible character. Living in and around her values makes one a better person every day. I wish her and her legacy an amazing future ahead, with or without me. Isn't that a moot point at this point? Because two... I mean, and two was such was did not live up to anywhere that the first movie was, um, and there's so many other problems with it. I feel like I don't even know if it could have been redeemed with a third movie. Yeah, and she, she goes on to say, walking side by side with Linda Carter, an absolute legend and beaker of goodness and light, has been a thrill. I've learned so much from her, and I will cherish her as a friend and a mentor as always. My crew has always been like family and fought every day to give. Uh, the world the best films that they could and gal gal gadot where do i even begin gal is the greatest gift i have received in this whole journey a cherished friend inspiration and sister there are no words i can use to convey how magical she is when taught uh period sorry when she, uh, she is the walking embodiment of one woman in real life and a better person than the world can imagine never once in millions of moments have i spent with her did i see anything less she is a gift to the world and even more so to me Lastly, and but most importantly, thank you to the incredible Wonder Woman fans. And for all your love and support, Wonder Woman fans have often not been the most visible in the media and online. But I want you to know that we have always seen and celebrated you and your importance. You were the first and foremost in our minds every day when we made the last two films. You were the best and most loving people, and I look forward to always celebrating you. Thank you all for this wonderful journey. Keep the Wonder Woman spirit. Any day that you face struggles, try asking what, what would Wonder Woman do? I hope her beacon of love, truth, and justice are always uh, there to lead the way for you as she has done for me. And that was her statement when she was well, when she was done with Wonder Woman, right? James Gunn, obviously commented, if you see on the screen, I can attest to, to all that Peter and my interactions with you were only pleasant and professional. So he did this a lot. He did a lot of those little comment things and so on. Um, there was a another statement that came out of her shortly after saying that she, it was her understanding that um, the character was being rebooted. And then the same similar statements also came from Dave Batista, who said, I wouldn't fit in that world because they're rebooting the whole thing anyways. And a lot of statements about rebooting. But again, Wonder Woman was never explicitly stated she was rebooting. The only official thing that we knew was that Henry Cavill did not get a new contract because he was not fired. He was just not rehired because they were doing something new with Superman and they were rebooting the character. Now, fast forward to last week. We had a interview that came out from comicbook.com. And while uh, Gal Gadot was uh, 
promoting her new Netflix show, uh, Netflix movie called um, Heart of Stone, I think. Let me see if I can get the exact name. I think it's Heart of Stone. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like a Indiana Jones-ish kind of a thing. It, look, it looks fun. So we'll see what happens in a couple weeks. Uh, they reported that this interview was recorded in early June, the day after the casting of Superman was made official. And that was, I think, actually not early June, it was like mid-June. It was uh, June 27th when he was announced to play uh, Superman. So it was recorded on the 27th or 28th. Um, in this interview, uh, the the host, uh, Chris Killian, asked Gal Gadot what she thought about Wonder Woman 3, uh, what was happening with it. And she responded, um, I love portraying Wonder Woman. It is so close and dear to my heart. From what I heard, James and from Peter, that we're going to develop Wonder Woman 3 together. And then when she was asked about the casting of Superman, she said, I saw that they were testing, doing different screen tests, but I don't know who got it. But it seems like everyone was super legit and talented and, like, great. So I'm happy for them. Such a huge take on. So even though it was all over the news, she had no idea these people were even cast. So she was very right. active in the conversation. But uh, when he asked her if she was playing Wonder Woman, she obviously dodged that question. She just said, I love playing Wonder Woman. And I, it's my understanding that I'm going to be developing a Wonder Woman 3 with them. But that's all of always those, all of those words, though, doesn't mean that she's necessarily in it. Right? Yeah, it doesn't it necessarily be... mean anything. It didn't say that I'm making a third Wonder Woman and I'm playing Wonder Woman. It says that we're making one together. And everybody is behind the scenes has already known that he's already rebooting Superman. He's already rebooting Batman. He's rebooting all the backstory to Wonder Woman. Uh, the Flash Bomb. So he's obviously going to reboot that character. And we have a whole bunch of other stuff happening behind the scenes, which everyone says is rebooting. So after this interview came out, everyone and their mom commented on it saying, oh, she's back. She's back. One Woman 3 is happening. James Gunn is doing his partial reboot nonsense. He's bringing back Gal Gadot. She is going to be playing a new version of Wonder Woman with a new canon in the new timeline, but she's still playing Wonder Woman. And it was all this confusing half-reboot stuff. Like everyone is getting recast but her kind of a stuff. And then what was interesting was that um, just like the same day, maybe maybe even a day later, uh, during the Hot Mike podcast, uh, above the line is Jeff Snyder, and he's actually been a kind of a notorious uh, reporter, insider scooper. Sometimes he's 100% spot on. Sometimes he breaks some of the biggest stories of the year. Sometimes he's just way off, right? So he put out um, his in his... Uh, in his podcast, he basically said, no, this is utter nonsense. He said flat out, uh, the new Wonder Woman film is a nonsense story. And he says, and I quote, I don't know why you would bring in James Gunn and Peter Safran to reboot the DCU if they're not going to reboot the DCU. I don't know why you would hire someone who isn't Patty Jenkins to come in and do Wonder Woman 3 and then not let that person cast their own Wonder Woman. So again, Popping out with just straight logic. Like, hey, everyone knows that this is all getting rebooted. And then you want to just apply a little bit of logic to it as well. This year, right now, Gal Gadot is 38. By the time cameras start rolling, she will be 40. And then, then what? She's supposed to stop being one woman by the time she hits 50? Because this is supposed to be a 10-year plan. So, is she still one woman? It's starting to sound like the evidence is saying no. Because it makes almost little to no sense that they would continue with that aspect, but reboot everything, and then still wait a few years, and then put her in the role where she would 
dramatically be older than everyone, but also at the same time, confuse the hell out of audiences because here comes a new, here comes the same Wonder Woman meeting a new Superman, a new Batman, a new everyone else. Yeah. And I don't feel like she would take a role. She wouldn't be like the queen, right? She wouldn't be a different role in that world. She's probably going to be the person that teaches the new girl how to be like Wonder Woman, but she's not going to be in it. No, I don't see her actually being even in that kind of a role. I see her actually being just like a, a supporting producer. I see mm. her being like an EP on the project or whatever, helping craft the story, but not being front and center. Um, I just don't see it. I think that what they're going and to be she doing gets, is... And she gets a paycheck, and she oh. doesn't have to shoot a movie, but we honor the fact that, you know, we were going to do this with you at some point. To, yeah. you know, And I wonder if that's a Warner Brothers move, because they would like to get some celebrities back over there making movies. You know what I mean? She's promoting yeah. her new Netflix show right now, so right. But even then, uh, the alleged conversation that she had with James Gunn and Peter Safran was around the same time Ben had mm. his conversation and everyone had their conversations. And Ben even passed on the whole thing. He was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. And his his apparent courting was for a solo project. Uh, they even pitched him an idea of just doing a straight Elseworlds project. But with Ben Affleck's recent, um, I'm kind of done with blockbuster stance and doing back to the indie films that he loves, it made sense that he would just not want to do it. So it's very interesting that all these conversations happened where they said, we want you involved. We want you doing this. But no one has directly said anything about like, oh, yeah, I'm 100% not coming back. Because obviously, Gal Gadot had two more appearances of Wonder Woman when she had this conversation. They're not going to announce that she's not coming back before her next two appearances. Because she was both in Shazam and Flash this year. I was about to say... She shows up magically for some reason in Shazam. Does she show up in Aquaman too? And that's her, or even just put in her a scene just to get it over with? No, her 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 contract is already done. And that's the mm. reality is that these extra cameos were just cameos. Her okay. scene in The Flash was exactly what it was. It was just a, a nice cameo. Even Ben Affleck's prolonged cameo, which was longer than Gal's cameo, wasn't even credited because per SAG regulations, if you credit a cameo, you have to credit it as a role, and then you have to pay SAG requirements for that person taking that role. Got so it. Ben didn't do that. So he didn't. He wasn't even in the the credits. I mean, I think everyone else in the movie was in the credits except for Ben, which was kind of funny. But it was also because he didn't want them to pay like two million dollars for a five minute scene. Right. So that's just kind of part of the course. But with all of this stuff happening, you have. Gal Gadot being hella vague about if she's returning or not. She just says she's making a third movie with them. Wonder Woman, uh, a third one. You've got everyone and their mom saying she's coming back, she's coming back. But then you actually have a reputable reporter who literally just debunks the whole thing saying, no, she's not coming back because that makes zero sense. Does Wonder Woman ever go into like a magic mirror and come back younger? Could it be her but not her? She she goes to the underworld and fights somebody and she comes back 10 years and looks younger and they're like, Wonder Woman? She goes, yeah, it's me, but I look different now. Is that is that a possibility? Even then, that wouldn't make any sense because why would this version of Wonder Woman get continue when every other version of the characters from her universe are being rebooted? <laughs> like, sure, there's... Okay. There's like I'm everyone's like, oh, he's gonna keep this person, he's gonna keep this person. I'm like, I oh, know he's he's fulfilling the contracts that were in place. And 
I mean, we already know that Creature Commandos was seven episodes and all the recording has been done. So that show was, and that show was actually commissioned and paid for by the Hamada and all the other people before they all left. So things like Amanda Waller was originally called Checkmate, and that was something that was commissioned back when Peacemaker was being filmed. Peacemaker season two was greenlit the moment Peacemaker's finale hit out. All of these things were bought, casted, and paid for before the DCU was firmly established. So realistically, it's cheaper to let the contracts be fulfilled than to pay out the contracts for not doing them. And that's just how it goes. So when everyone's like, oh, he's he's cherry picking, he's going to keep Gal, he's going to keep Jason, he's going to keep Ezra, but he's firing Ben, he's firing Henry. All the contracts are fulfilled. That's the reality is that everyone has their contract that was originally done. They're all done now. Everyone's continued appearances are literally just cameo appearances. And those are paid for separately. They're not part of any set amount of appearances. That's just, that's how it is. So when he announced in January 31st that he was going to be doing his big thing, he even said flat out, the DCU begins with Superman Legacy. He said it flat. This is the true beginning of the DCU. And then everything after that is going to be part of that canon. And he even went on to Twitter and onto the threads and said um, that the reason why you have characters from Suicide Squad now appearing in Superman Legacy is because the canon begins at Superman Legacy and everything before it is not canon to Superman Legacy. So I wonder if he I wonder if we see in Superman Legacy. You know, every five minutes he's every five minutes he saves the city from somebody, and we just see him pick up all of the Suicide Squad by the end of the movie. Captain Boomerang goes in jail. You know what I mean? Just puts all the people away, and then it's like, oh, okay, there's the team. Honestly, no. I mean, the movie itself, from everything that I've heard from a handful of people that have who admitted that they have no idea what's actually happening, because like the rest of the world. James Gunn has kept things so secretive right. that even the people at Warner Brothers have the water cooler talk on what they've heard through marketing channels. And that's it. They don't know what actually James has put to pen to paper because there's only a handful of people who know that. But what they know was that when they said, hey, James, we're going to start promoting comics with all of these projects. What comics do you want these projects to be tied to? So he, he listed off these comics are going to be part of the marketing for the Flash movie. That's why at the end of the trailer you saw Read where it began. Look at these books. And he did that same thing with All-Star Superman, and that blew up. The Superman Woman of Tomorrow, that blew up. Um, funny enough, one of the comics that he put out as saying, hey, we're this is something that people should read to get an idea of what to expect with Superman Legacy was Superman Brainiac. Mm. And that pretty much, for the marketing side, everyone in the marketing team believes Brainiac is the villain because that was what he said to, to, to pitch to people to go buy. And everyone in my contacts said, hey, I don't know what's actually in the script, but yes, that's the plan. That Brainiac is the main villain. And the exact quote that I got was, um, expect all of the characters, let me just pull it up, expect all the characters that he's announced to be blink and you'll miss it, quick characters, fighting Brainiac in other areas of the world. And sure. that was literally all that they said. So characters like the Mr. Terrific, characters like uh, Green Lantern, Hot Girl, all those characters, they will be on the screen very much how the like how the Flash opened up with. Brainiac attacking random heroes, saving civilians, but it's not going to take away from the main villain, the main plot of Superman and Lois and whatever the conflict of the movie is. So it's mm. essentially just showing that the world has other superheroes in it, 
they're going to be there, but don't expect them to be there every scene for every movie. Right. And then it gets, okay, very cool. Very cool. Well, and it also makes me wonder then in the Batman movie, do we just get a, do we just get a, a scatter shot of, you know, Batman takes down Penguin, Riddler and Scarecrow and they're all in jail just so, you know, just so you know, we have them in the world. Possibly, but it's also at the same time, James Gunn said that with Superman Legacy, we're not going to see his origin again because it's seen so many times. We're just going to jump in that this is Superman. And mm. everyone knows the story of Krypton. Everyone knows the story of the Kemp farm. They don't need to have half of the movie being his origin and then like the climax of the movie when he puts the suit on for the first time. He's going to be Superman for the first five minutes. And if they need to reference something, they will do so. But I think at absolute most, any of these DCU films will probably have is something like in the beginning of The Incredible Hulk, where you had the opening credit montage of like the origin in credit form. And that's it. Mm. I think I don't think it'd be any bigger than that because he doesn't want to do origin films for the characters that have had origin films in the last 10 years. There's no way she comes back because they're not going to give her a new decade-long contract. And to finish up what she was doing beforehand would be another Shazam. It would be another road to nowhere. You know what yeah. I mean? It would tease all of these things. It would bring all these things back up because you need those. You need the movie to feel special, especially if it is a third of something. And I don't know if they've built up to that. They don't have those people to draw on anymore. Yeah, exactly. So it makes it's, it's a very interesting thing. Um, I would definitely... I mean, I would love to see Gal continue. Like, I would love to see Henry continue and Ben to continue on every one of them. But um, the reality is the box office doesn't doesn't reflect that. I mean, we've seen this past this past year, every DCEU film that they put out has failed. And even the other day, James uh, Dwayne Johnson was on Kevin Hart's podcast, and he basically chalked it off to the the mystery of changing hands of all these things of why Black Adam. Is not getting a sequel, but the reality was that Black Adam didn't even fully break even. With marketing costs and everything, they're still in the hole. So the movie didn't garner enough attention, even with the inclusion of Superman, for people to show up to it. And that was mm. when they made the call to reboot, because they're like, we put so much money into this, so many eggs in this basket, and it still failed. We even entertained the idea of having Dwayne Johnson's Seven Bucks production take control over these characters like they wanted and it didn't work. So I, I also feel that even with knowing what they wanted to do, I don't think it would have saved any of that stuff. You know right. what I mean? They were trying to promote it like a wrestling match and you're going to build up to this big Superman and black Adam, but no one wanted to wait till then. They should yeah, have, exactly. they should I mean, have presented that movie first. They should have introduced black Adam in a sequel to Shazam and then not shied away from it. The fact that, I mean, the movie retconned everything that they said in the first Shazam movie about the origins of Black Adam. So even people who were watching Shazam and then Black Adam were like, wait, are these even the same characters? Because in Shazam, the whole origin they gave us for Black Adam is nothing like this movie. Well, and you could have just replaced JSA in Shazam, or I'm sorry, in Black Adam with just Superman. You know what I mean? I mean, that would have been yeah. the thing. I like what we got, but we didn't get it. We didn't get enough time with those individuals to make me feel like they mattered. And apparently part of the, the film's editing process, Dwayne wanted them to cut 30 minutes of the film down to make it easier. And those 30 minutes were all JSA scenes. Right. Is it, so whatever the whatever happened, 
The bottom line was that the studio saw the changing of the hands did occur. And from a business standpoint, the movie had too many moving parts and didn't have enough critical outcome. So why would they continue this universe? And and then after that, every other movie we've had failed. I mean, Shazam 2, did, I don't even know if it broke even. The Flash is broken even solely because of home video sales. and Which were good, Aquaman, right? The, the home video oh, sales were did, did really well there. And, and I think a lot of people don't understand this about, and I want to just, again, like right now, the Barbieheimer whole thing is good old fashioned 90s guerrilla marketing kind of stuff where they basically trick influencers and trick audiences into thinking that it's the cool thing to do to do a double feature on these things. And somehow it became the cool thing was to go dress in pink, go see this movie, selfie it, be part of the big niche. And this movie is an anomaly and it's broken a billion dollars now out of just clever marketing. But yeah, and I don't maybe that's done it this year, right? right. And but but you would never, but the way that the superhero movies are, there's no way that somebody like when does dead like let's say Deadpool 3 was supposed to come out at the end of the year, nobody would say do Marvel versus DC, go see Deadpool 3 and then go see Aquaman 3. You know what I mean? Like it, the, yeah. people don't think about it that way. In fact, they would make sure that they release on different weekends so that you couldn't necessarily compare them. You would hopefully have drop off, but I don't know if you're going to have drop off from Deadpool 3. I don't even know. I mean, right now in this in 2023, domestically, the biggest movie of this year so far has actually been the Super Mario movie. But Taylor I, I think I think that this conversation is going to be ever changing. I think they shot themselves in the foot. The fact that they, you know, the way that COVID, the fate, the way that they moved to only digitally and only streaming and stuff like that. Taylor, I watched the Mario movie. I loved it. I didn't have to pay anything for it, and it's already streaming. Uh, and that's and that's the point I'm getting at is that so. Last week, I took me and my two boys to go see the Ninja Turtle movie. Taylor, that's gonna, I'm gonna, I just, I told Sierra I'm gonna watch that streaming in five weeks. I promise you yeah. this will be on Paramount Plus in five weeks. Okay, I, I'll put it in here. I went and saw the movie. We got our tickets. A matinee showing was $11.75. So for the three of us to see this film, it was $40. Yep. Because of tax and fees and all this crap. It was like, I was just like, okay, whatever, 40 bucks. I'll see this movie. We saw the movie. We loved it to pieces. My two-year-old loved it. He was dancing around like a little monster. It was a super fun movie. I definitely enjoyed it. It was a huge departure from every other Ninja Turtle, but it was also very familiar and very fun, but I, I liked it a lot. Um, with that being said, I could have waited a month and a half and just bought the DVD, and it would have been cheaper than seeing it with three people. Because guess and what? That is what's you're happening. Gonna, to you're going to buy it again. Your two-year-old loved it. And he's going to ask you yeah. to turn it on. Yeah. It would be cheaper for me to buy the movie on digital and then buy the physical copy a few weeks later yeah. than it would be to simply see it in theaters with my two kids. Yeah, And that is the sentiment literally everyone is having right now. We are in a down economy. Our economy is like two days away from being declared a depression. No uh, I, one has time. I, I, 
Yeah, I keep seeing, I'm a big UFO guy, and one of the memes that keeps going around UFOs, it's like, you know, the government has confirmed UFOs are real, and it's like, yeah, but I can't pay my rent. So I, I am paying my rent right now, so I feel that that struggle is real, but it is a weird, interesting price point of when does a movie become too expensive? And I feel like it's almost there. Because like all of the superhero movies I see, I see with my one other guy friend, and that's it. There's no big group, you know what I mean? We're going to consume this thing so we can discuss it. But I mean, it's turnaround. I mean, Guardians is streaming right now. Exactly. And also, speaking of the UFO thing, I did a big rant on it on social media the other day because I was like, guys, this is politics 101. They're trying to distract us from the shitty reality we have right now. <laughs> like, this is just what they're doing. Neil deGrasse Tyson, the, the guy, right? The astrophysicist, the celebrity smart guy of the universe already weighed in on this whole thing and it was honestly really funny because this is like one of the smartest people on the planet and he basically said why is it that we have like hd cameras who can we can take photos of billions of light years away but every single one of these alien footages come out of military vehicles and they're blurry as hell <laughs> yeah it's he listen. says that he says it makes zero sense he said i've as i've said it publicly Biologies came with some of the recoveries, uh, and, and that was kind of part of the whole thing. Was that they said, "Oh," and it was like a, a, a military guy saying that he was made aware of these things, and it was all a secondhand, thirdhand stuff. But Tyson kind of just debunked the whole thing, saying, "Like, why would they come this far, and then only be spotted by two or three types of camera?" And when we have literally thousands of people with high def smartphones. And why is it that aliens only seem to come to America? <laughs> like, Totally, totally heard. Uh, I think that the phenomenon is real. What oh, no, is... I, I totally believe in UFOs. I totally believe in aliens. What... I think what they did last week in Congress was another bunch of bullshit. Whatever <laughs> it, it is, I am agnostic to it. To the, to the point that you're bringing up, yeah. Why is there seem to be a weird like war component of this that we have to like now fund this machine that's going to then fight these things? Um, listen, so that's how the works. <laughs> I want to know that I want to know the truth of our reality so that I can have an honest and open conversation with people that we know what the truth of our reality is. But with these other issues on mind, I'm not going to buy movie tickets, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Exactly. So, I mean, it reminds me a lot of when you and I were kids, we saw the first generation of Transformers, right? The, the old G1 80s cartoon. The first episode, when the Autobots and Decepticons revealed themselves to the world, there was a throwaway line when they said it was something else. The Autobots showed up and all of a sudden the world was at peace because they realized that there was nothing to fight over because aliens were literally real. Yeah. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, look, if this was as life-shattering as they did it it wouldn't be talked about in this little press conference or a little hearing where they said oh this is it they it would have been like why it would have been well, global so it might be the slow drip i mean i'm not i i think that you're i, I all of your skepticism I, is totally heard okay and i think that it can't be it can't be you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater and not address some of these things yeah. but said that there's a 90-year conspiracy to lie to the American people about this. So I wonder what part of that is that lumped into all of this? Well, I mean, because... according to Tyson and his statement, he basically said that it's fully possible that these UFO crafts 
on man-made and they're just trying to like pin it on someone else so that was actually one of my favorite things from the x-files was that when they did the all the alien stuff um in the final episodes of the new season that wrapped up the whole series they made the revelation that the aliens were real we had their bodies obviously they had the black blood stuff from the early seasons but all the ships that we had were man-made from us adapting their technology and the whole thing was like the government trying to basically build this gargantuan noah's ark scenario so that they could just leave earth when it was too broken well now you sound like stephen greer who's wants to know why there's these illegal programs i will tell you this uh i think that when you know people that keep secrets when you know people that are paid for for a living to keep secrets i find that they keep secrets uh your dad worked at a nuclear base. He never talked about that nuclear base to us. And we would never ask questions about it because we knew he wouldn't talk about it. So I don't know. I think it's, I, I think it's, I think it's interesting. I'll tell you this. I, we got to get to the bottom of it. I either need to know that this is fake and nonsense and I'm wasting my time on it, or we need to change what we're talking about on this podcast. Cause this is the most fascinating thing <laughs> going on right now. But it's, it's always, it's so swept under the rug. It's like every other news fad that comes out that says oh my god the world is ending then next week guess what's new your weight loss plan like well, it's like they just jump topic so quickly that it's it's like yeah. if it was really important it would be everywhere on every screen well but look also how decentralized news is do you watch corporate news do you turn on do you sit down and watch a news program i don't watch anything anymore because it's all the same damn nonsense See, right. So you're going online and finding things. And I'm probably sure that the individuals you do get your news from is probably from an online source. So I just don't see where these, I just don't see who's watching these things. And then who are, who are they advertising to on those things? Like, right. They're not going to talk about the government lying to you on the view. They're not going to tell you during the 5.30 news on the local news that maybe our government's retrieved this shit since the 30s. So, I, I mean, I, 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 mean <laughs> I, I mean, for sure. I mean, maybe it gets us out of, I mean, I feel like that's the part, you know, that's the lie to humanity. It's like we need to know that there's things that are possible that we haven't figured out because I think people have given yeah. up trying to break, break, you know, why is there no breakthroughs in physics? But we took a pretty big tangent there about all this. What we were saying essentially was that movies are expensive. And thanks to COVID, thanks to the realization that we can just wait for a little bit. We can just, we get the movies that we want on streaming one way or the other. And especially when you talk about buying the digital version, Taylor, because if you're just willing to pay the 25 bucks right then, like that's what that's a way better value for your family than a movie ticket period well even then like I, there's been a couple of movies that i've actually bought both the physical copy and the digital and i just have an extra digital copy slip sitting around because literally it was cheaper to do both than it would be to take my whole family to see the movie mm. and that's and that's why some of these studios like when, again warner brothers when they see the flash fail quote unquote fail in the box office, right? It made $108 million in the domestic. So not a lot. And then in the um the worldwide it sat around 268. So it made its money back, 
but then you have the marketing budget, but then okay. the theater, but the digital sales brought back the marketing budget. So, so it let's, fully broke even. Okay. So then let's speculate where this is. It goes out because Bob Iger is talking about getting rid of Disney television, whatever that means. Um, they're talking about scaling back on these streaming things. Warner brothers is seeing these movies that they're doing fail. So what, okay. Hollywood is shut down. It opens back up January 1st, 2024. What do we see? Do you think we just see Marvel movies? We see three Marvel movies and we see maybe one TV show. What's probably going to happen is that they're going to quickly realize that the only way to have these movies break even would be to change the streaming window, right? Because people make it easy. Like, okay, so Guardians of the Galaxy went on streaming and on physical sale on the same day, which meaning that most of the people who already have Disney Plus didn't go buy the movie because right. it's already there. So what they should do instead of do the 60-day rule is do like a 90 or a 100-day rule and say, cannot touch streaming until it's been on physical release for at least a month and a half. And that would be the only way they can recoup their costs. And and and, and, it, and it means that, that you know, going to the right. And it means that then people are buying these at what target they're buying these, right. You're buying these where, where are they buying these? Cause I feel like that's also another thing. I mean, how often are you even going to a store besides a grocery store? Right. I'm not necessarily going to a place that has these things. Well, I have kids, so I go to these places all the time. Okay, so, okay. But so in perspective, so I, I went to Best Buy to go look for a new TV, and their DVD section is literally what like does, two rows now. What does I want to go? We'll go back to that. What does a new TV cost? Not as much, actually. I found like a seventy-five inch LED four K awesome gaming TV for six ninety nine. So. I That's was like, crazy. Hmm. That's crazy yeah. that TVs are so cheap. Yeah. Um, and that's because there's new technology popping out. The 8K stuff is now pushing out the 4K stuff out the door, and it's just kind of amazing. Wow. Um, Two so sections. And there's no old stuff in the DVD section, right? It's probably like the last six months of releases. So the new the new six months of releases on this like standing kiosk, and then it's like the commemorative box sets or the Criterion Collection and things like that. Like it's you're not going to find, it's not like we went to Suncoast video and we tracked down whatever movie we wanted to find. It's like, these are the special editions and that's it. These are the best sellers. That's it. And I was wow. like, well, that kind of sucks. I went to yeah. Target. It's literally like half of a row. Because now it's like books, handful of DVDs, the new releases, and that's it. And then Walmart has the biggest section. Wow. But Walmart is like, still, two big rows back and forth. And they have it all divided up, like new releases, big ones, Disney, anime. They have it all divided up, kind of like how Best Buy used to. But I don't know. It's kind of it's a weird thing. And then Amazon is what most people buy their DVDs now. Their their stuff. It's like you buy it off of Amazon, so it delivers on release day. Man, and it's, it's cheaper. Yeah, it's slowly dying. I don't know how much longer physical media. I mean, it doesn't go away overnight, but. They're not going to even send the Blu-rays to Australia anymore. Fuck it. It's too expensive. I can't do it with your country. We're just won't send it there anymore. Well, it's insane. And I, I talked to you. So I have this, I have a buddy and everyone knows that Ryan Unicorn, we talk a lot. I bought him one of the Zack Snyder Justice League action figures, one of the McFarland figures. And I mailed it to him. The figure was 20 bucks. And I think I got him like the collector's edition uh, 
like the, the blue one, like the red and blue one. I think that's when I sent them. Shipping, that one figure was $65. Wow. And I was like, and that was the slowest shipping I could do. And I could see from a like company standpoint, Disney basically saying, it is way too damn much money to ship these these movies over there. So they they probably just looked at it like we have to ship in bulk. We're spending millions of dollars shipping and it's not selling as much as we want. And it's cheaper for us just to push streaming. And that's what they're doing. But I hope that's not the case for everything else because physical media is the best way to watch these movies. I mean, because streaming, you have compression, you have um, audio, video, visual and audio compression issues. As I don't well think as, I don't think everybody. I think most normies who yeah. just turn on the TV to watch a show don't think about any of that stuff. They don't well, think about any of true. that stuff. They, they don't. Um, I put on Finding Nemo for my son in, on Disney 4K, and then on a different TV, my wife put it on on the Blu-ray, and the Blu-ray looked better than the, the Disney transfer. Taylor, I'm going to let you know, everything on my PlayStation 5, all the apps look dark. And I don't think it's the resolution. It's not my TV because I'll use the same app on the on the Microsoft one, and it just looks different. But it's crazy that there's three different pictures between the PlayStation 3, you know, depending on, like, where it is in the house yeah. and where it's buffering and stuff like that. You're right. All of them, like, anytime I want to do a cinematic event, I'm buying the Criterion Collection on Blu-ray, yeah. right? So that there's no buffering. But I feel like, I don't know. We are the old men. I mean, I have a record collection. So, I mean, Walmart sells records now because they're 35 bucks a pop. Yeah. They're good money. Yeah. I got, but I, I, I bought these out of, like, I wanted the Mondo ones. So, I'm like, I'm going to get the hardcore Mondo collection of the sure. Tron soundtracks. <laughs> They're still sealed. I'm not going to open those up. I have, I have, but I have records too. Sure. Um, but it was funny because just the other day, my wife had found uh, some home movies of her mom in VHS form, and they were like, "Does anyone have a VCR?" And I'm like, "I, I do." <laughs> like, uh, are you going to pay a man to transfer them over and put them on something else, or will you just watch them on the on the VHS machine? You know how cheap it is to actually buy and those the three prong, the red, yellow, uh, white prong attachment for your computer so you can just record it straight onto your computer it's no it's cheaper than paying someone to do it for me i can just do it myself it's crazy it's crazy how cheap all this stuff would go on. i would just yeah. it's it's crazy that it's all just like easy to get as well because i feel like mm -hmm. all of this stuff was so expensive even like five years ago ten years ago yeah. especially but i mean it's, it's kind of a weird thing with when you have like a, a downward spiraling economy people Kind of cut their costs to make anything that they can so it's like if you have money you can benefit from cheaper everything because everything is everyone's hurting equally so technology also goes down in cost too so like the only I, thing that's expensive right now is utilities and rent because like it's all government regulated i don't know food's expensive foods oh, like i'm i'm literally i have two boys and i'm literally paying like half of my mortgage and groceries every month. <laughs> yeah you got to go to the costco you got to feed them in troughs you got to get the trough go amount of, yeah you got to get a <laughs> trough amounts of food it's insane i went to target the other day and it was 200 dollars for half of a cart and i'm like what the i was so mad what was in the cart just like bread and eggs and milk and just normal yeah bread uh, it was bread eggs bananas milk um toilet paper 
paper towels, and laundry detergent, and a few other things. Look at your your spoiled kids getting to wipe their hands after they're wet. Yeah. You and your privileged life. Yeah, it's. What am yeah. I thinking? I'm just gonna. I'm just. I'm gonna stop buying toilet paper. I'm just gonna install bidets on every toilet. It's cheaper. I wonder if. I wonder <laughs> if it makes. I wonder if toys become. I wonder if toys get better because they need more stuff if they're going to charge you a price point for it. Oh, no, 100%. So I, I'll, I'll do, kind of show this off real fast. Taylor's taking off his earbuds, so he has no idea what's going on. This is all me. I've jacked it. Welcome to Michael Jack and Radio. I've jacked the airwaves. I'm jacking it all over the place. We're going to talk about whatever I want to talk about. Real issues. UFOs. Oh, okay, Taylor's back. All right. So McFarlane Toys. Yeah. 20 bucks a figure, right? Okay. And that's kind of the standard. Everything's 20 bucks essentially. Star Wars, this little thing, size comparison, a three inch figure versus an eight, like a seven and a half. This is also $20. I was lucky because this hasn't released yet. And this hasn't released yet. And two of the targets by my house had one of each of them. I got them both. They weren't coming up in the system, and the cash register lady was so frustrated with it, she gave them to me for five bucks a piece. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they're going to go on eBay, maybe. But Taylor, <laughs> but Taylor, a 20, I'm going to let you know, you bought that toy. That toy is $20 because of nostalgia. Because that other McFarland toy, that's a much better toy. That's a much solid better. toy. That's a toy you can play in the backyard with. Yeah, you could bury that thing. You could throw firecrackers at it, and it wouldn't really be destroyed. But no, it's insane. Um, the world has gotten expensive and the reason why movies are failing this year is because of just how damn expensive it is to go. I'm mean, buying a drink and a popcorn and a piece of, and a, and a thing of candy. My wife and I saw Oppenheimer. We spent the worth of the tickets in just three concessions. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, um, you're looking at spending, if you're going on a date night to go to a movie, you're looking at spending about 60 bucks for two people. Probably. And if you actually want to eat during any of that food, it's going to be $100. Uh, oh, well, my wife and I went to Taco Bell first and smuggled sure, the burritos before we did. That was absolutely the right way to do it. Uh, I wonder if what will happen is, okay, everyone lived their best life, right? Everyone went and saw Barbie and Oppenheimer and more people saw Barbie than Oppenheimer. I wonder if this just means like everyone doesn't go see movies for the rest of the year. Like, I know that's a crazy thing to say, but like, Who's going to go see the Marvels? Who's supposed to see? I mean, I'm trying to think of what are the movies? Like, what are the movies people are going to see? Not a lot, honestly. Because what, what's going to happen is that people have already kind of moved on from Marvel. And that's the sad reality. The Endgame was like the big one for everybody. And even Variety the other day ripped Secret Invasion, a new one, for being its quality. And I, I was very forgiving on that show, but that ending sucked. And... I they it was the whole show was not about superheroes and then they had this huge superhero fight. You should have set that up three episodes ago. You you yeah. the, the, you, you can't have. But, but at the same time, you have this big epic fight, and the fight ends by blowing a hole in the other guy. But two episodes prior, the guy got shot in the face and his head was exploded and he regrew it. So that guy's clearly not dead, or they just don't think we're paying attention. So I don't know. I had so many frustrated moments. Like so, he's dead now. Apparently. Shooting someone in the heart is more impactful than blowing their head in half. Also, we that's just not watch, how the body works. <laughs> and that's just what our heroes do now. Our heroes just 
obliterate people through it with a whole like it took two movies to kill thanos and it was really sad when they did it like now we just anytime anybody comes we just blow a giant hole through the middle of their body is that what captain america does apparently that's what they're doing now also now how, how long has war machine been under when did he go under how long has he been a fake replicate I feel like they unnecessarily complicated the MCU for a show that's going to piss off a lot of people. Absolutely. If they say that, oh, Rhodey's been a squirrel since Civil War, that means now Rhodey has no idea his buddy died and the world is like 10 years later than where he was at and everything sucks. Right. Do we see him in our, I guess he's in Armor Wars. He's one of well, the he's people. the main character in Armor Wars. Okay. So does episode one just hit being like, everything I know is a lie. My best friend is movie dead. Now. It's so the movie. first half of the movie is him having an existential crisis. <laughs> it's so know. funny that they're calling it Armor Wars. We already saw Armor Wars. It was called Black Panther Two. It was also it was also Iron Man Two. Yeah, that's what that whole plot of that movie was. Let's, yeah. let's give Whiplash a suit of armor because the character never had it. But let's make it happen. Let's give him some drones too. Let's do all this stuff. That was the Armor Wars. That's what it was right there. I, I can't believe they got rid of Iron Man and they, they haven't replaced Iron Man. I mean, I guess I, I know that I say everyone has an Iron Man suit, but they don't do Iron Man things. Well, that's what Ironheart's supposed to be. They're going to make a, a useless character to be the new Iron Man and people are not going to react to it very well. I wonder, okay, so where when do we start feeling this lack of Marvel stuff? Like everything else well, is slated to come out. When do they put the brakes on? Soon, I mean, because is, is Daredevil still happening? It's on hold right now because of the strike. I mean, they were filming it, but it got put on hold. Wow. But I mean, that's the that's the reality is that the writer strike is giving everyone time to pause and reconsider everything. But it's been such a mess. Like, like I said, Variety is already ripping Marvel a new one. Uh, the last two Marvel movies in theaters have pretty much bombed. The Marvels is coming out this year, and there's like zero interest to see this movie. Wait, what were the two bombs? Because it wasn't Guardians did fine. Guardians did fine, but domestically it didn't. Oh. It actually made a lot of its money overseas. Domestically, Thor, I think it only made like three hundred thousand. Thor did um, poorly, correct? Thor did Thor did poorly because people didn't like it. It was annoying. And then Ant Man completely bombed. Ant Man. And I watched it on Disney Plus, and it's it was really fine. It's so bad, Taylor. It had some good moments, but. Modoc's inclusion ruined the whole movie for me. Cassie's inclusion ruined the whole movie for me. And the ending was kind of like, eh, that's it. It's like they had a lot of high concepts and they just failed spectacularly across the board. I agree with you. I like the concepts of the movie. I think that they just introduced them all weird. I think that the people on the other side, that that village, they should have made them a team. I'm sure they are a team in a comic book somewhere. They should have just they should have made them a team. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I was it was a frustrating movie because there were certain things that I liked, but now even with Jonathan Majors and the the court trial stuff, there's a chance that they're going to have to recast Kang, and they've already put all their chips in his basket. So, I mean, do they just do they just saw, they just we, they just make him a variant, right? We just see another they, robot they're gonna version. Have to. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to because I mean, he is like in every episode of Loki, but in the trailer for the Loki season two, they showed half a second of him. And I'm like, but he's the main antagonist. You're telling me that they're now hiding him from marketing and he's going to be in like every episode? This is insane. Uh, also, we don't get to hear any news on any of this for like 
five months. The moment that they start, as soon as the talks go back in and they, they make a deal. I mean, we had them have talks last week and it failed spectacularly, which is just the best. So that means they're going to go back and um, talk some more for some other unforeseen day. But um, when everything starts moving again, then we'll probably not hear anything real for another few weeks after that. So it's like conservatively, if you say September 1st, they make a deal. We're not going to hear anything till mid-October because they have to get the ball rolling again. Wow. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I wonder if any of these movies we've just talked about never see the light of day or get canceled because they never got off the ground. I would be honestly surprised. And I'll say, I'll be honestly surprised if Peacemaker season two and Waller even happen at this point. Wow. Because the studio knows that James Gunn needs to make Superman legacy work. And yeah. his schedule he, is now going to be changed. He lost a year. He, You know what I yeah. mean? Like the time for him to do two one-off series, er, that he doesn't get that time back because of the writer yeah. strike. So it's going to be very interesting to see that. And the same thing with Marvel. I mean, Marvel put out their slate and had a bunch of like question marks where they were like, these are our hidden projects. I'm willing to bet more than two-thirds of those hidden projects are dead now. So we'll see what happens. What's the big one? Fantastic Four? That's what they're building up towards? Well, Fantastic Four is supposed to be like a big player in like the last chapter of the, the MCU leading into Secret Wars. And allegedly the casting was already sort of mostly completed before the strike went into effect, but we'll see what happens. Mm, yeah. It's it's a it's such a tough, it's such a tough place. And I also don't know what the demand will be like when all this comes back. Cause that's exactly. the other fear as well, right? Like this stuff doesn't hit again. And then you have two years of this, but the next Superman movie's got to hit. It has to, I'm sorry. I got, I, I was, I sent a message to David Ayer and he responded back to me and I'm going to try to and hold off my, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Is it pertinent for what we're talking about? No, no. I was just like, Hey, and I sent him a message on on something, and he like responded back to me. And I'm like, oh my god, he's talking to me. It just got it popped up on my screen, so I just got distracted. I got very distracted. I'm sorry. That's okay. Let's um, wrap this up then, so you can have your private time conversations. It's totally fine. But like I said, on that note, as we started, there is conflicting rumors about Wonder Woman if she's even part of the DCU. My stance has always been what it always will be. I don't think it's happening. The, the time and place for Wonder Woman 3 would have been a year ago. If yeah. they were going to make it, it would have, it should have happened before the changeover. Um, I mean, they greenlit Wonder Woman 3 when Wonder Woman 2 came out and then sat on it for like a year and a half, two, almost two years. Yeah, they sandbagged it. If they want, yeah, it should have been done by now. It would have been. If they were really serious about that project, it would have, they, they greenlit it when they saw the numbers of HBO Max. But then when the reception hit a few days later, they're like, ooh, maybe we shouldn't. Mm. So. Mm. Okay. But, Michael, as always, take us home. 
Take us home. Well, that home is patreon.com slash the cultured nerd. There you can hand over your wonderful paychecks to us. Not all of it, just a little bit because the world is getting expensive and we appreciate all of you for keeping the lights on here. In fact, look at these wonderful beauties that are keeping the lights on here. Go to the next slide. There I know they my are. technical issue on my side, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. I muted myself so I could cough. Uh, your host, Taylor Murphy. Your co-host, me, Michael Santel. Thank you so much to all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you, Jose Navarro. Uh, and thank you, Jay Stu, for all the work that you have put on. If you have those cell phones, whip them out. Give that QR code a scan. Like, comment, subscribe. All of those fun things. Thank you for all of your support. And we'll see all you kids and cats next time. Thank you for joining us. See you. Bye.